Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. We're continuing on with our Women's History Month theme, so that means looking back at some of the best TV shows and cartoons starring the most iconic female characters. We're going back to the days of middle school and high school as we put Zoe 101 up against Lizzie McGuire. And we take a special look at Clarissa Knows It All, starring a young Melissa Joan Hart. And we actually have a guest. Yes, we do. And she'll be telling us some amazing things about Clarissa, cartoons, TV shows, and everything in between. And without further ado, let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm very good, thanks. I'm uh, excited about Clarissa and uh, talking about it with our with our guest. Yeah, me too. It's been uh, it's been a long time since we've actually had someone else on the mic. So it's and also it's not a man. Yes, yes. I don't told y'all I was working on this. Okay, I wasn't. This wasn't pie in the sky. I wasn't imagining it. It was something that I intended and uh, it's happened. So uh, I can't wait to get into all of that later. But we're going to start with Lizzie McGuire. So we're going back to January 2001 and some of the things happening in the world. Mexican drug lord Joaquin Guzman or known as El Chapo escapes from Puente Grande Maximum Security Prison near Guadalajara by bribing prison guards and hiding in a laundry cart. Someone's been watching Narcos. Pronunciation, 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) President of the Philippines, Joseph Estrada, is ousted in the ESDA2 revolution and succeeded by Gloria Machapagal Arroyo, Butchered that name, sorry. First seven and a half out of ten. <laughs> Kolkata in West Bengal, India, officially restores its name from Calcutta. Save the Last Dance was in the cinemas. And Love Don't Cost a Thing by Jennifer Lopez was number one in the chart. Never heard of it. Really? Of course she hasn't. But that's a tremendous catch. So yeah, we're 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 going on to Lizzie McGuire. So this is a American comedy drama TV series created by Terry Minsky, which was shown on the Disney Channel. And obviously it stars Hilary Duff as the title character who navigates the personal and social issues of her teenage years. And you got an animated version of Lizzie McGuire who performs soliloquies to express Lizzie's inner thoughts and emotions which I thought was very very cute and a nice touch to the show and Lizzie does try to develop her own identity but obviously as you are growing up you're attracted to the idea of popularity and longs for social acceptance among her peers 
And the series was nominated for two Emmy Awards in 2003 and four for Most Outstanding Children's Program. The pilot received a nomination at the Writers Guild of America Awards for Best Children's Script. The series also followed... The series also received various awards and nominations at the Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards from 2002 to 2005. So that was quite uh, an interesting thing because we're just thinking if it's just Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards, it would just be programs from Nickelodeon. But it looks like it's everybody. So uh, in that in that sense, good stuff, good stuff. Now. Uh, a sequel series was announced in August 2019 and it's entering production for the new Disney Plus thingy with Hilary Duff reprising her role as Lizzie McGuire. Now, just a, a quick note or two on uh, Hilary Duff. She was born in September 28, 1987 in Houston, Texas. And she was actually dropped from a show called Daddy-O. And then she pretty much landed on the role of Lizzie McGuire. She's also uh, a musician and she's had a, a few hits, as you can hear in the background. Some of her singles include So Yesterday and Come Clean, which was her first US number one song. She also starred in Cheaper by the Dozen and was the leading role in The Cinderella Story. Now, with Lizzie McGuire, I get that as growing up, high school is challenging. It doesn't matter where you're from in the world. Obviously, we've got listeners from all around the world. But I would imagine the whole premise and the whole idea of high school is pretty much the same all around the world. You just want to get through. You just want to you want to be not popular, but you just you just want to be accepted. You just want to be accepted for who you are and what you do but i think with lizzie there was a uh, a lot of muddying the waters so before i pass on to you the uh the characters that you should probably know yeah as, as i was saying hillary hillary duff as lizzie mcguire who's trying to find her place in the world and become popular la lane who plays miranda sanchez so she's lizzie's confident best friends and she aspires to be a musician Adam Lamberg plays Gordo, who is Lizzie's childhood best friend, and he's got a passion for filmmaking. And as we find out in the later series, he starts to catch some feelings for Lizzie McGuire. And then you got Jake Thomas as Matt, Lizzie's younger brother, who I thought was ace. I, he, he made that show for me in most of the episodes. And then... Joanne Joe Maguire is Lizzie's mum and then Sam is Lizzie's father. You got Kate Sanders who's like the frenemy and the, the popular girl at the school. Apparently I think she was friends with Lizzie and Miranda when they were younger and growing up. But I think once she became popular she ditched those two and when she started wearing a bra it said on the um on the episode. I've <laughs> <laughs> that that might be a good enough reason as well. And then Ethan Craft, who's like the the teen heartthrob that all the girls fancy. He's actually quite friendly and he talks to everybody. It appears that he's cool with everybody. So 
Yeah, Lizzie McGuire. Um, so we had a discussion um, before we started recording about the pilot of uh, Lizzie McGuire, and I'm pretty sure I watched the pilot and you didn't watch the pilot this time. Really? Well, yeah, only because I knew about why she wasn't friends with her. So I'm thinking maybe I did watch the pilot. <laughs> um, a collector's item. So I, I anyway, but like I thought it was. I, d- I didn't really know what to expect. I never heard of it. Did, had you heard of it before? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I never heard of it. It used to come on CBBC. Okay, so there's definitely a recurring theme about if it's on CBBC, I definitely haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this was like, I think I watched this second in my list of, of things yeah. I was watching. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by the, the production values and, 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 and everything else that went with it. I um, thought it was quite a, quite a fun cartoon to watch. Not sorry, not cartoon, but kids show. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you have the little cartoon of Lizzie with the inner. Yeah, thoughts. see, I wasn't completely wrong. <laughs> I love that. I though. did like that little thing. Yeah, I, 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 that was that was very cute, very, very nice touch. And it, like you, I like the little the little brother as well. Was yeah, like he a little was bit of a pain in the neck. He's but. great, but he's always like he would just come in and he'd just steal the scene. He would steal the show. I thought, yeah, I thought he was ace. Yeah. It was the one that was like uh, every time he does something, it's just like, Mom! And he'd do it like <laughs> close up on his mouth, right? <laughs> oh, that, no, that was, uh, that was absolutely hilarious. But, okay, let's, let's get the, the negative of Lizzie McGuire out of the way. Now, her whole existence, her whole thing is, look, I'm just this normal girl. I'm trying to make it in the world. And it's like, please stop it. All right. You are good looking blonde girl. You can do rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah. Like you've got everything going for you. Stop it. Stop. This is, and the way she tries and, and 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 does everything in in their power to try and be that popular girl and and as we'll find out when we talk about the episodes she was more than happy and more than willing to dob her friends and ditch her friends if it meant her being popular just for just for a moment yeah yeah and i yeah i didn't i didn't like that i thought nah you're not you're not a good friend at all no way she's actually shallow yeah, incredibly shallow, incredibly, and that really was like, no, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't be. One thing I noticed in all all the episodes I watch, she would fall out with her friend Miranda. Yeah, like always do something, and they would, they would fall out, and then they'd have a fight, and then they'd end up like. The thing is, what one thing I'd never realized, never understood, was that they had there was no kind of. Normally in the episode, there's no resolution to what they were fighting about. They just decided to get on. I mean, that's what friends do, though, isn't it? I don't know. Because you start fighting and then you're like, I don't even know why we were fighting in the first place. I don't know. I mean, without like, a, I need something to resolve the conflict. So whether that involves like... Well, and you also got to think with uh, girls as well, is that girls... Get annoyed by everything. Tend to, I mean, at the risk of upsetting our women listeners who are probably more than the men 
Like, okay, look, ladies, like, the problem is when ladies, girls, when you beef, right? When you lot beef, you prolong the beef. Me, as a man, if I've got a problem with another man, I'm going to sort it out. If it gets violent, whatever, it gets violent. But we get up and it's done. Yeah, yeah. We move on. We move. But with ladies, it's, ah, okay, today. And then it'd be like, tomorrow. And then the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day, and then it just goes on and on and on, and without conf- without resolution. Yeah. So I think that that also plays into it as well. So there it is, ladies. Just dropped the truth bomb. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I, don't <laughs> I feel like doing. Do you know one of those? Um, I endorse this message kind of things. I feel like I'm doing an opposite version of that, just in case. Why don't you then? Go on. Because I'm frightened of the women. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. I mean, that, that okay, that's that's the little one negative out of the way. It will probably spill on to uh, us talking about the episode. So, let's, yeah, let's go into the episode. Seeing as you supposedly watched the pilot... Go, go so, talk about the pilot. This is what I thought was a pilot. Because it kind of explained everything about... Um, I'm not sure if it does this in every episode. I can't. I really cannot remember the thing. But it's, it says, I'm Lizzie McGuire and I'm, I, I'm not a nerd. I'm not a jock. I'm not... Whatever it is, anyway, all the things. And she goes, I'm just like... I'm nowhere kind of thing. Um, So that kind of whole thing starts where... Oh, because they get on a school bus and they say, oh, that was such and such what's the bully's name the girl that's they're not their friend anymore kate kate so i just want to tell you as well just before i go into the episode i did write down people's names this week good because you told me off last week so i I don't tell you off you should know the names anyway because if you're watching it and you're making notes you what you just can write Norm- Your man got into a, a squabble with. Uh, yeah, that's normally how my how my notes go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so what's her name again? Kate. John is her name. Right, John. W- <laughs> she John was on a bus, and uh, they got on the Lizzie and uh, Miranda got on a bus, and they said, "Oh, that's John." And are you actually going on with this John thing? Yeah, but it's Kate, right? Yes, it's Kate. Go with it. it. You were you were right the first time. Okay, so Kate was on. Kate's on the bus and she's talking to all the public kids. She goes, "Oh, that's Kate. She used to be a friend, and then she started wearing a bra or something like that, and then she stopped talking to us because it's like as soon as she started developing, then she ditched her friends and was with the popular kids, who were all kind of same. Um, and then that Danny kid goes and says, "Oh, do you want to come to my pool party, Ethan?" Ethan, is that what? Did I, why did I call him Danny? So Ethan comes up to him and said, um, "Do you want to come to my pool party?" Yeah, and they were like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" But trying to keep it cool and stuff. Um, and then Lizzie goes home and tells her friend, sorry, tells her mum, "Hey, listen, there's this party going on. It's the biggest party in the world. I have to go because otherwise my social life will be ruined." And mum's like, "No problem. Yeah, that's fine. I remember my first one. Yada yada yada." And then. She goes, when is it? It goes, it's Saturday. And she looks on the fridge and it's her grandma's 80th birthday. And so she can't go, right? And so Miranda said, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to go either. And then what the popular kids come up and said, oh, your mum can do Mendy tattoos, right? 
Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to come and have Mendy. And she was like, okay. She basically ditches Lizzie for these popular kids and ends up going to the party. Um, and then when... So Lizzie can't go to the party. And then when she goes back home, turns out that her grandma is not going to the party anyway because her grandma's going to Las Vegas. <laughs> and she's entered the World Poker Series. Right. So she, so her grandma's ditching him. So she could have gone, but she ends, up, she ends up not going anyway and staying with um, uh, Gordo. So they just end up tie dyeing some things in the back garden. And then I think Miranda comes back and she has said she had a really bad time at the party. Anyway, so Lizzie's mad at Miranda for going to the party. Right? She ditched her. Yeah, she said, "Oh, yeah. I wouldn't ditch you," but she ditched her, and so she they're kind of mad for the, the, the kind of whole middle bit of the episode. And then they come around and they talk and they're fine again. So it's a bit weird that how it's just... Would well, you remember I was saying how it doesn't resolve itself? It just seems to be fine. Yeah. I mean, if that, like you said, if that's two blokes, they'd like have a fight at least. Yeah. An argument yeah. or whatever it is. But these are kind of just get on with it. I think this is probably going to blow up in a few episodes later where she, Lizzie's got Miranda in a headlock or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I mean that was the first episode. What well, well, I thought was a pilot. What I think it is the pilot. What did you think was a pilot? No, that is the pilot. So I watched the pilot, and you didn't watch the pilot. I didn't. Well, because yes. I, I mean, forgive me for watching season one, episode one, and not thinking that's the pilot. Forgive me. I made a mistake. Stupid internet. <laughs> um, what did you think was the pilot then? Well, no, it was season one, episode one. It was called Rumors. But there was so, one before that. So basically, Kate makes the cheerleading squad and Lizzie doesn't. And so basically, they're all talking on their very, very, what appears to be a, an old version of MSN Messenger. And so they're all going on this online web chat thingy. And apparently lizzie starts a, a rumor about kate which i actually for the life of me don't remember what the rumor was it might have been something about she puts socks in her bra or something like that and so she presses send by accident and so the whole school gets it and so by the time kate's like okay so what the hell happened miranda stands up and goes yeah, yeah, I did it. So what? And Kate's like, oh, you're going to see what I'm going to do. And so she proceeds to make life incredibly difficult for Miranda. And Lizzie's dealing with emotions. And she's like, oh, I feel really bad for my friend, but I'm not going to do nothing about it. And like, you've got the little cartoon thing going, oh, Miranda did it. So I don't have to do it. <laughs> and you know the the cartoons acting up and and what have you and that was because obviously I'm thinking that's the pilot and I was thinking damn she's a, a horrible friend absolutely horrible I I can't believe what what I'm watching here and then Lizzie all of a sudden finds a bottle and she's all like well it was me I did it and. She stands up and she's like, yeah, well, it's not Miranda's fault. It's Kate. And I think Kate was like, oh, don't worry. I forgive you. We're going to let it go. And then she and the cheerleading squad do like a little routine. 
And they're all like, you, G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Hey, hey, you ugly. To uh, Lizzie, which I thought was the, the very least she deserved because of, A, sending that vicious rumour about poor old Kate and then not having the the absolute decency to own up to what you did and letting your best friend take the, take the fall, take the blame. And she has to go to school with with that information hanging over her like the sword of Damocles. And it's like, what the hell kind of friend are you? And I was watching, I was like, nah, this, yeah, I, I was like, I do not like Lizzie McGuire. I mean, I'm sure Hilary Duff is a lovely, lovely person. But Lizzie, and, not uh, so nice. Yeah, but Lizzie McGuire, I was watching that episode and I thought, Lizzie McGuire, not so much. And the other thing about the episode was Matt gets a lizard for the school and he names it Lizzie. And basically Lizzie the lizard gets lost and it appears to be dead. And Matt is devastated and they're having like this funeral and so the dad is reading up going um did you know that lizards hibernate and it looks like they're dead and so it turns out it wasn't dead it was still alive so he was just merely hibernating so i i was i was led to believe that this was the pilot however what you watched was in fact the pilot even though it was listed as episode four I'm sure in Wikipedia or whatever Google, whatever information website there is out there, it probably says in the small print, this may be episode four, but really this is the pilot episode. But we're going <laughs> to put it all the way in episode four and tuck it away somewhere. I mean, I just clicked on the first one I found, so I was like, lucky that I found it, I guess. <laughs> what are the odds that you found the pilot, eh? I mean, I tried to watch them, but... Um, do you know that just going back to that hibernation thing that happened to my uh, my mum used to have a tortoise right and she buried it thinking it was dead and it just like rose from the dead one day no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days it was like, right. ah, kill it kill it kill it, kill it. <laughs> um, why aren't you dead <laughs> oh my god it reminds me of a scene in Scrubs where JD's trying to like get away because he doesn't want people helping him because he's day off. And so he hides in a... What's it called? Like, you know, like a body bag. That's it, yeah. So oh, he's yeah. hiding in a body bag. And I think he, he moves a little bit. And the guy who looks after the dead people, Doug, he has a shovel. <laughs> and he's just beating JD up with the thing. And he's like... Why do you keep hitting me? And he's like, why aren't you dead? And he's like, but why, do you, why are you still hitting me after I'm screaming? It's just it's absolutely brilliant. It just yeah, reminds me of that you saying. Why isn't it dead? <laughs> kill it. Kill it. I think that must be the most... Imagine if you were working in that sort of environment and someone sat up or something like that. It'd be like the freakiest thing. Well, I'm, I'm a wrestling fan. And that's what Undertaker does all the time. So he's like lying down and he just rises up from the dead. So I'm 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 not really uh one of those people. Wouldn't phase you. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, it wouldn't phase me. I mean I it would phase me. I'd be I'd run home, I think. <laughs> um so can I go on the second yep, episode of yep, watch? Yep. 
Second episode I watched was called The Courtship of Miranda. And she has a crush on this um, guy that does a monologue. Right. So he's... but she, So she's like basically falling for this guy. And they're all... The girls are talking with Gordo and they're just talking about this all girl talk and stuff. And he gets fed up of it. He's like, I'm out. I can't do this. Um, and then so Miranda... I think the, 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 her crush comes up and Miranda tries to talk to him, but she just loses it. She can't talk. She can't speak. Um, so t- later, Lizzie decides to coach her and she sits in a dustbin whilst she's coaching her. Um, and then at the end of the lunch date, Lizzie falls out of the uh, bin and then Miranda gets mad at her. She says, like, that was rubbish. What are you doing? And then, so they, they fall out again in this episode. Um and then Lizzie decides to talk to this guy, Ryan, her crush, and accidentally gets a date with him. And then Miranda gets even more mad. And then So basically Lizzie stole Miranda's man. Yeah. Wow. But it was like it was like kind of an accident. No, it's not an accident. Nothing is ever an accident. Um but anyway, they 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 kind of get thing and then they, they're, they're mad at each other and all of a sudden they're not mad at each other. Of course they're mad at each other. You, you shouldn't stole your man. That's like a that's like a a proper I will kick your head in one, isn't it? What is? Like a stealing your man. Yeah. I mean what see this is where, where did she get off stealing her best friend's man? I mean she didn't take him in the end. She was like Oh, 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 she had a she had a, a change of heart. Oh. Well, I think they were both at the same table in the end, so it was a bit awkward. What was? Miranda and and Lizzie and this guy Ryan were all at the same table. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah. That was the end of that episode. Um, right. So last episode I watched was like a um, it was like a leaving high school one. It, I th- it felt like a finale. The order is so muddled up, so it may very well be. I mean, I was like, there was, I did when I was, I think I watched this on YouTube and it did flick over to a new episode. And they looked about twenty years older, so so I don't know. But um, this was like a um, Miranda wasn't in this episode; she was only in the flashbacks. Ah. Um. So and this was like a end of thing. Everyone signing the yearbook, and like you kind of get the impression now that Gordon, Gord, sorry, not Gordon, Gordo loves Lizzie, and he's trying to kind of tell her. Um. And um, Lizzie's like, I'm just gonna write. Um, uh, you rock. Don't ever change. And everyone's everyone's uh, <laughs> uh, thing is like a. That's like something I would do. Yeah, but it's like a just kind of joke, you know. Like I don't really care about you, but I'm just going to write the same yeah, thing. Yeah, everybody's yeah. That is literally what I would do. Um, and then it goes through the whole thing. Basically, you know, it's just like a flashback through the through the series. Yeah. Episode where you know you're just kind of seeing little snippets of what happened throughout the um throughout the series. And then um, in the um, Lizzie's yearbook, Gordo writes, you rock, don't ever change, but I mean it, or something like that. Um, in, in Lizzie's yearbook. Um, and then she reads it and she's like, oh, he loves me. And then... As a friend. Yeah, and I don't think anything actually happens. So, oh, oh yeah. So when they have, they have the class picture, she kisses him on the cheek. <sighs> That's his like breadcrumbs. See, that's that's another thing about Lizzie that I don't like. It's like, why are you giving this boy hope? You don't like him in that way. 
Stop it. Yeah. You're leading him on. You're giving him false hope. Just cut the cord and 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 just 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 be done with it. Yeah. Be be honest. Be be brutally honest. Sometimes that's what we want, fellas. For you to be brutally honest with us. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't milk it. Just just go for the jugular. Yeah. Honestly, we'll, we'll be better for it. It's not it's not going to be oh over you know what i mean it's that was another thing with the whole Lizzie and Gordo it's like you know that you don't like this boy in that way yeah you don't and i'll probably talk about it when i talk about the uh, Lizzie McGuire movie which i watched against my better judgment how long was the movie like hour and a half about hour and a half yeah yeah i guess it's not too bad Right, I'll talk about episode that I watched. I talked about rumors, which I thought was the uh, the pilot, but it wasn't. So uh, there you go. Episode ten, I do, I don't. So this is another example of how horrible a friend Lizzie is. So in social studies, they all get paired off for a class assignment where they have to pretend to be married and return for a school reunion. So. Lizzie gets paired up with Gordo. Um, Kate gets paired up with one of the geeks of the school. I think Larry Tudgman or Tugman, whatever his name is. And Miranda gets paired up with Ethan. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, Lizzie being her best friend was so supportive and so happy about this arrangement translation jealous and vindictive nope she was jealous af of her best friend miranda so she couldn't even be happy for her and gordo and obviously they all get assigned jobs that they're gonna do and what maybe didn't help the case was that gordo was assigned to be a sanitation commissioner so basically, a, a trash man. Isn't that what Homer Simpson is in one of the uh, episodes? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that episode the, the so much. The garbage man can. It's the Homer Simpson <laughs> man. Oh my yes. Can someone else do it? Uh, that do you know what? That was one of my favorite episodes. I think. <laughs> I went in the golf course and they're putting the feet on the rubbish. Yeah. And O two was uh, not O two. You two. O two. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, um, so in this assignment, Lizzie's just basically not being there for Gordo and he's having a conversation. She's just all like, oh, whatever, can you just get this over with? I don't don't like being here. I don't like any of this. And she overhears that Kate and Ethan are planning to leave their spouses and join together at the reunion. Lizzie overhears them. And she's trying to tell Miranda, but Miranda's like, you're jealous, you're a hater, go away. And it turns out that Miranda got the jump on Ethan and she's like, right, I'm I'm going to leave you. You better get out of here, you scrub, you no good, son of a crooked letter and all of that. So, yeah, but then that, that again, that was another episode that smacked of Lizzie being a horrible, jealous friend. 
Because all she just kept thinking was, why can't I be married to Ethan? Why can't I be married to Ethan? Why does it have to be Miranda? I was like, that's your best friend. Be there for your best friend. Anyway, episode 15, Lizzie's Nightmare. Ethan, just for the crack, decided that he would ask Lizzie to sit with him for lunch. And Lizzie's going all like, oh my god, Ethan's asked to sit me for lunch. And she's going crazy. The little cartoon Lizzie's going crazy. It's all a ah, fest and, and excitement. But basically what happens is Matt boards the wrong school bus. And he ends up going to Lizzie's school. And everybody loves Matt. Everyone thinks he's a joker. He's the best. And Lizzie's all like, what the hell are you doing here? Get out of here. And he's like, uh, no. And she's trying to tell her head teacher, who I think was uh, Hooch from Scrubs. Again, really? another Scrubs reference. Oh, so you know Hooch from Scrubs. Then. Yeah. I just I just kept watching that Liz White so thinking, oh my god, it's Hooch. Yeah. Hooch is crazy. Hooch is crazy. Anyway, and in this episode, and then she's trying to call home, basically doing everything in her power to get Matt out of the school and out of her life. And so Ethan's like, Oh hey Lizzie, I'm just calling to say if I can come around on Saturday and maybe order some pizza. And Lizzie's like, Oh my god, yeah, 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 that'd be great. And he's like, oh, yeah, find out what Matt's favorite flavor is. And he just basically <laughs> wants to hang around with Matt. So that was a, a fun little episode. Gordo's Bar Mitzvah. So this was an episode all about Gordo. I, I, I did like Gordo. I thought he was uh, the sensible head in, uh, in a sea of vindictiveness and conniving behavior and, and, and things of that nature. Yeah. And so basically Gordo's feeling self-conscious because he's seeing that Ethan and Larry are growing up sooner than he is. He's trying to be manly and trying to do manly things, but he's thinking, "Oh, I don't know what to do and how to do it." Gordo is Jewish, so he was thinking, "Oh, should I have a bar mitzvah?" And I think his parents were giving him some advice saying, you got to figure this out for yourself. Everybody grows up in their own way and in their own time. If you want to have a bar mitzvah, it's got to learn the Torah be... first. Well, he did. He, 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 he read it beautifully well in when it came time for the bit where you have to read from the Torah. He, yeah, it looked like, you know, nailed it. And basically in, with Matt. So basically Matt is just being a belligerent little child. This is also part of the episode. And Joe is getting fed up with her husband because he doesn't take things seriously. He's just like the typical husband. She'll be like, Honey, it's wrong, isn't it? He'd be like, Yes, dear. Very, very wrong. What am I talking about? Yes, dear. You're absolutely right. And she's like, you know what? You can look after Matt. I'm going on strike. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to deal with Matt you deal with Matt and so he's just getting Matt to clean up the house and just doing chores and so Joe was like uh, actually yeah stop doing all of that it's going to be me who punishes you from uh, from here on in 
And season two, which was the last season, there was only season one and two, but yeah. they had that one of those long running episodes. So there's like a hundred episodes in season one and then another hundred in season two. And that's how they uh, did it. Episode four, the rise and fall of the Kate empire. So Kate dislocates her, soul, her shoulder during cheerleading practice. And there's a girl called Claire and she's like to Kate, you know what? You can't be a cheerleader anymore because you're you've only got one arm and so kate becomes unpopular just like that so she has to eat on the floor like all the other geeks in the school and the way all of that works and so lizzie's like i'm gonna help kate and miranda's like are you crazy like how are you gonna help kate she ditched us when we were kids she's gonna ditch you again this is a, a big big mistake you're going to mess up. And Lizzie's like, well, if we get Kate back on top, then the natural order of the school will go back to how it was. Because Claire was like a, a really dictator. Only the cool kids and cheerleaders are allowed to sit on the table. Everyone has to sit on the floor. Like commoners and serfs. And so Lizzie's going back to a rhythmic gymnastic day. So she teaches Kate how to do a a one-arm cartwheel and so she has like a big standoff with claire and kate gets back on top but she doesn't even take lizzie she just looks at her and lizzie's like oh well that's i can't believe that she would not say thank you and then everyone's like well, what, what, what did you expect huh like you're gonna get a big thank you a big thank you cake no so but she was thinking that if I've taught her that one good turn deserves another, that could work out. So when Claire ends up breaking her arm, Kate, instead of shunning her, brings her back. So as you can see that Kate learned that you shouldn't kick others while they're down. And play it forward. And yeah, play it forward. And yeah, she, was, she gives a little look to Lizzie. So maybe there is something there with those two and they can... They can be friends again one day in the not too distant future. And the last episode I watched, which probably wasn't the finale, I can safely say, but it was listed as the final episode, Magic Train. So Lizzie Miranda and Gordo are at the audience of a TV of a TV program called Clover and Daisy's Magic Train. Kate sees them having such a good time and they win a prize. And Kate basically tells the whole school they all feel really embarrassed and they all real f they all feel really daft because they like this kiddies program. But then in the end, Gordo's like, you know what? We don't need to conform. We can still enjoy ourselves and we can still have fun watching this uh, TV program. And then, yeah, they all just start singing the song and it doesn't really matter they they come to accept that yeah that we're just gonna we're gonna do our thing and we're gonna sing this song and matt meanwhile there's always a story with matt matt is basically showcasing his house as a dust museum and shows visitors all around and finally we go on to the lizzie mcguire movie which was sandwiched between season two which was a, a silly thing to do because it just confused everything. 
it was really out of place in terms of Lizzie McGuire. The the line was that it was, and I quote, harmless piece of fluff that ought to satisfy fans of the TV show. And yeah, so basically what happens in the film is that they're all, they're graduating from middle school and they're taking a trip to Rome, Italy with their class. One thing I did, well, two things I noticed. There was no Miranda, conspicuous by her absence, again. And also, they were playing The Tide is High by Atomic Kitten at the beginning. Really? Which means that Atomic Kitten must have made it big in America. That's, that's surprising, really. I it mean. is surprising, isn't it? Here we are talking about Atomic Kitten and the fact that my sister met Kerry Katona. Yeah. Who, by all accounts, was an incredibly lovely, lovely person. Yeah, I mean... So if you're listening, Kerry Katona, hey, Kerry. I mean, it's... You're really lovely. You, you're, you're, you and my sister are now best mates. So uh, we'd love to have you on our pod one day. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> so anyway, in this film, Lizzie, Lizzie, yeah, is going on a school trip to Rome. She bumps into this Italian guy who looked like he was taken out of a gangster film from about 1977 with that hair and his dodgy suits. I think his name was Paolo. Turns out he's like this big celebrity. And Lizzie has a striking resemblance to a singer called Isabella. It's just basically Hilary Duff with black hair. <laughs> and so they're going on this magical tour of, of, of Rome. But obviously they're on this strict schedule where they have to like go around the city. They're going to have to go around and 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 see... And see the whole sights and whatnot. And Lizzie wants to spend time with Paolo and not with the group. So she gets Gordo to cover for her. While she low-key explores the city of Rome. And Paolo is basically using her so he can get back on top of his career. And he's going to make Lizzie pr- like pretend to be this Isabella. And, 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 and what have you. And we find out in the movie, because I think Ethan's sharing a room with Gordo, and he's like, you like Lizzie, don't you? And he's like, yeah, as a friend. And he's like, no, you like like Lizzie, don't you? He's like, I, I can see it. I can see the way you look at her. I can see the way your your face is changing and, and, and everything that, that goes with that. So he's like, I know, I know you like her. And... Yeah, we find out, yeah, in that that episode, the film, that he's catching feelings. And uh, fast forward to a lot of movie crap. So right to the end. So they're coming up to the big performance. And so Isabella and Lizzie basically hoodwink and bamboozle Paolo. They They turn off his mic. So it turns out that he's not a very, very good singer. And Isabella gets her career back and everyone loves Lizzie and even Kate, who's meant to be her frenemy, is like really supportive of Lizzie and you're thinking, yo, are they are they gonna be friends now? Cause they aired that film and then the next week they're back to loggerheads again. It's like continuity. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that kinda got muddled up a lot throughout the uh throughout the 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 programming so that was i thought very very weird and lizzie kisses gordo and she's like yeah i think i kind of like you too and 
and all of this stuff and again just being a really horrible human being by leading this poor boy on who you have no intention in the world of 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 getting together with and 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 whatnot and and that's how the movie ended and uh before we leave the show as i was saying so lizzie 30 years she's now 30 years old and she's living in an apartment in brooklyn new york and she's working as an apprentice to an interior decorator and is engaged to a man who owns a restaurant in soho manhattan and lizzie is forced to leave and returns to la so that is the uh the the setting stone for the new lizzie mcguire i think the the confusion of lizzie mcguire stems from the fact that i think lizzie refused like she wanted more money from disney and disney weren't prepared to give it to her i think so i think that was why maybe there's a bit of confusion and a lot of a lot of things that don't necessarily make sense so that is lizzie mcguire now we go on to zoe 101 now do you know why it's called zoe 101 yep because they're staying in apartment 101 <laughs> guide your concentrating of the pca is that what yes. it's called well done you're concentrating good stuff good stuff i'm i'm i'm, I'm very pleased this is going to be a good conversation so we're going back to January 2005, so something's happening in the world. Elections are held to replace Yasser Arafat as head of the Palestine Liberation Organization. He is, he is succeeded by Rohi Fatou. I've not said that right, but yeah, <laughs> no chance. Rohi Fatou. There you go. Condoleezza Rice is sworn in as U.S. Secretary of State. So she's the first black woman to hold the post. Paleontologists of the American Museum of Natural History have unveiled a fossil of a mammal that has apparently eaten a baby dinosaur. Hide and Seek was in the cinemas and Goodies by Sierra was number one in the charts. So Zoe 101, this was a American comedy drama TV series created by Dan Schneider and it originally aired on Nickelodeon. And it focuses on the lives of teenager Zoe Brooks, who was played by Jamie Lynn Spears, who was the younger sister of Britney Spears. Really? Yes. I had no idea about that. Yes. I was looking at that. that Jamie Lynn Spears and her brother Dustin and their friends as they attend Pacific Coast Academy, which was a fictional boarding school in Southern California. And... It was a school that previously only boys were allowed to attend, but they decided to accept girls in, and they're navigating life as teenagers in the boarding school, and they all become closer together. And Zoe 101 was the most expensive production ever for a Nickelodeon series, as it was shot completely on location in Malibu, California. It was one of Nickelodeon's highest rated and most successful TV shows in the 2000s, the series won three Young Artist Awards, two Kids' Choices Awards, and a Neox Fan Award. And, hmm, the interesting thing about this show was it officially ended production in 2007, despite not really having a proper finale. And 
fans will swear blind that the reason was because Jamie Lynn Spears got pregnant with her partner and she was 16 at the time. So that pretty much ended that show and I think she wanted to give it a go in terms of looking after the kid and, 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 and what have you. So she yeah, decided to put her acting career on ice, which is what happened. And yeah, like some of that, they were getting like mad, mad, like the numbers for Zoe 101 were, was, was crazy. Like I said, yeah, it received positive reviews from its target demographic, scoring high with younger audiences. And as I said, it was Nickelodeon's best performance for a series premiere live action or animation in almost eight years the premiere of the episode goodbye zoe was the highest rated live action show ever on nickelodeon with over 7.3 million viewers the series finale chasing zoe was the highest rated show on all of american television for all kids demos including teens 12 to 17 beating out american idol the show has an 8.2 out of 10 rating on tv.com a 6 out of 10 on IMDb, a 3 out of 5 on Common Sense Media. And if there was criticism of the show, it only came from older older people, but it's not really for you. Um, the characters, like I said, Jamie Lynn Spears, Zoe, Dustin was played by Paul Butcher. You had Chase Matthews, who was like the love interest, played by Sean Flynn. Dana Cruz was Kristen Herrera. Michael Barrett, Christopher Massey, Nicole was played by Alexa, Quinn was played by Erin Sanders, Logan was played by Matthew Underwood, and Lola was played by Victoria. And yeah, like I was talking about uh, Jamie Lynn Spears. Jamie Lynn Spears. She was born in Macomb, Mississippi, raised in Louisiana, and the younger sister of Britney Spears, as I said. Obviously, it was a subject of significant attention and controversy when she got pregnant at the age of 16. She did win a lot of uh, numerous Kids' Choice Awards for Best Actress because, yeah, I, th I thought she was very good in uh, in 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 her role as uh, Zoe Brooks. So, uh, Zoe 101, what's, uh, what's your impression? Let's talk about it. So, first of all, it was like, uh, this is another show. I had heard of this show. But I had never seen it. Yeah, same. Um, but I felt... I kind of... I was confused by the... Um, by the f uh, by the website when I, when I watched it. It was like... I was like, oh yeah, episode one, boom. And I was like, what the hell is this? And it was ended up being series four that I watched. Um, <laughs> so I was a bit confused in the way I kind of... Think, but I went back and watched the pilot and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I really liked it. Like, it was kind of... I really liked that it was kind of a group of people quite yeah. quite a lot like friends but in a more uh varied environment yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So, you know, you had the each kind of character had their own little bit and uh they're all kind of like a little gang. I I I enjoyed that and I thought it was yeah. quite an effective way of doing it. like you said, it's all on location, so that was a new dynamic to a lot of the shows that we've been watching of late. So that was a refreshing, you know, change. Yeah, they 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 went all out with this production wise. They they put everything into it and almost yeah, they they were vindicated because they it was a big big ratings hit like they yeah. 
they did mad numbers on this on this show like seven point over seven million watching a kids tv show that's 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 wild i think yeah i mean i can see why because it was like it was a good show it was yeah it was shot well it was the script was good like the actors were really good mm-hmm. um, and i thought everything really gelled re- like quite well so yeah yeah um yeah I, I i couldn't see many negatives with this show to be honest no me 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 neither and I, I think when it came out it was obviously well after my time i'm already grown or whatever so it might not have been something that i'm gonna actively go out of my way to watch as a was that 2005 so 2005 yeah. i'm probably 17 maybe yeah yeah coming up to 17 so i'm not as a 17 year old it's not going to be something i'm going to go out of my way to watch but i'm seeing it now as as a kid i would have loved this show yeah and even now i'm watching it i'm like i thought i thought it was very very good again well paced nice stories great on location in in california so in that sense it 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 really really did tick all the boxes and as a as a uh as an uh a juxtaposed to uh not juxtaposed but as an opposite to lizzie mcguire zoe brooks is a very nice decent caring person who always wants to look out for her friends obviously there's this thing with chase matthews that we'll probably talk about later you can't really talk about zoe one-on-one without zoe and chase and yeah i mean will it won't it well the meet cute is like right at the beginning of the whole series isn't it yeah like literally them two and it's kind of like a and then they carry that forward all the way yeah. to the end yeah 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 to to the end as in yeah. like a few years when they did the reunion thing so we'll uh we'll get into all of that shortly so uh episodes that you watched yeah i mean i'm sorry to say that i didn't watch as many as i'd like to have seen of this but I did watch kind of like a got a kind of snip snip at the beginning, snip at the end, which was quite good. And obviously, I, then I've yeah, nice, nice little, little bits nice in the little middle. bookend. So, so I p- picked up a little bit in the middle as well. So um, usual, okay. So first episode pilot um, where she arrives at this new welcome to PCA. Yeah, so like PCA has just opened its doors to women yep. or girls, girls um, yeah. and. Um, She's making her way there. I'm not quite sure why. I'm not sure if they noticed that. Um, but so it's her, her and her brother and her dad there. No mum to be seen. I'm not sure if that's explained later. I just don't think she was there. Okay. So, but um, so there's no mum there. But she, anyway, she she's there. She's she goes to her apartment, and as she kind of was unloading the car, Chase, Chase kind of um went like hello to her, kind of waved and yeah like that. Now, just to go off on a tangent a little bit. That I felt that was a bit weird because, and it's quite an American thing to just say hello to someone that you don't know, like in completely like the, someone that you could walk past, you stopped and said hello. That's weird. I think I would never do that. But that it kind of reminded me. I was in Starbucks the other day, and there's this American guy come in, and you know he's American because he's like sounding American and saying hello to everyone, and then so there's kind of an unwritten rule, right? Uh, no, 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 no. Tell a lie. It's not a British thing. It's it's just an uh, us southern thing. Because in the north, people will do that. Okay, so we're going in the us southerners thing. But as a general rule of thumb with Brits, we ignore each other. We yeah, we don't talk to each other. So oh my god, I was yeah. One of my um, 
French mates, she was like, British people don't talk to each other. It's so annoying. And I was like, that's just how we are. You better get used to that. Yeah, I was like, it's, just, it's just how we are. Which is like, I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna change that. It's like, yeah, yeah, good, good luck, luck with that, with mate. That. But just, um, yeah, yeah. So I was in Starbucks, and this guy literally just like said hello to me whilst he's picking up his drink from the side. And do you know sometimes when you like you scare a cat, and then they go. I just felt like, well, why are you talking to me, Lena? Um. But anyway, that's what it reminded me of when he said hello. I was like, that's weird. Like, in our kind of little... Really, it's not. Because obviously, I've, I've, I've been to America and Canada and this whole thing, it's normal. Yeah. Around the world, it is normal to do that. It really, really is. It's just, it's us. It's us. Us and outside. We are weird and awkward and yeah. odd <laughs> and strange. I felt, I was, yeah, I, I was like, wow, that would like, that could have been like not even a TV show. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if he just kind of cycles past her and doesn't even say anything, like that's him out of That's there. real life, mate. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it was quite funny anyway. So, but with kids as well, it's different too. Absolutely. Yeah. Kids, yeah. kids are going to say hello and, and talk and whatnot. Can I be your friend? Oh my that's God. it. They're friends now for life. I just, I, sorry, I'm. About to throw up, but you just said that. Who can I be your friend? <laughs> um, so anyway, so she gets um, they get settled and they kind of meet. Um, you're gonna have to forgive me because the names are like I've forgotten all of the names apart from Chase. You don't say. So it was the um the girl that screamed. Oh, the girl that I just wanted to tell off because she was being really annoying um but she screams all the time and when she was in uh in the bathroom and she sees a urinal for the first time and she just screams um don't know who it was anyway and then you got the um the the bitchy girl that they share a room with as well so it's the three girls all together right yeah in a in a room um yeah i mean i've got a bunch of names but i couldn't really yeah point to who's, who's who. who um so so basically um so they they kind of go to the um they're kind of walking around the school grounds and they see like the the basketball match going on. Yeah. Um and then uh, Zoe decides that she wants to join a basketball team. Of course she does. And then they're like, "Hey, listen, there's no ba- there's no girls basketball team and you can't join our team." And she's like, "Why not?" And he's kind of like, "Cuz you're rubbish." And he said and she they basically get challenged to a, like a five five aside kind yeah. of basketball. Yeah. 5 on 5. Yeah. And they lose anyway. But then the bully guy that was trying to challenge you in the first place gets booted off the team in favour of Zoe because she's actually a decent basketball player. And the coach is like, well, that's how it goes, mate. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Um, in that episode, there is a guy sitting on the bench of uh, in the basketball match and he's, a, he's kind of a bully-ish guy there. And it's um, the guy from Everybody Hates Chris, the ginger bully. <laughs> um, and I've just thought, I, was, I, I thought it was great just seeing him sitting there. Um so like Caruso oh, from uh, good stuff. Good everybody stuff. hates Chris, um, and that's how it kind of ends. So she's like settled in. She gets a basketball team yeah. thing and and things like that. Uh, and then I actually watched this first, so it kind of not ruined it, but it kind of it revealed a lot of what was going on. So I went into series four, 
episode one. So, Whoa. so at the end of, of then I've ascertained that at the end of episode three, Chase goes to a university and uh, Zoe goes to England to go to a, another university, and they've already had a thing, and they decided to go to separate places, right? Yeah. So that's kind of happened. Get, I, I get that. So, um, and then Chase decides that actually. I can't be without Zoe, so I'm going to London. And off he goes to London to, to to express his love and said, "I've transferred to transferred unis, blah 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 blah." And then at the same time, Zoe's got exactly the same idea, and this is where a simple text message would have been, like, would would have sufficed to. Well, they don't have text messaging, do they? Well, they could have emailed, sent a letter, anything. But anyway, so she up sticks and decides to go to California, and. She's like, hey, guys, I'm back. Where's Chase? And they're like, uh, yeah, he ain't here. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they kind of like figure out that they, they figure out quite quickly what they've done. And so they decide to try like internet dating. And um, basically the whole reason that Zoe knows about him is because he was web chatting her and left the webcam on yep. and didn't realize. So she's. He's just talking to his mates, like shooting the breeze kind of thing. And then he he tells his mates and she hears it. So she goes and then he decides to go because his mates have... He's, he's kind of realized what he needs to do and he's gone off on the back of that chat kind of thing. Um, yeah, so he's in London. She's in California. They've kind of... The whole thing's called trading places and they've traded places, right? So they decided to have a date on the internet. So with a, they, they set up a webcam. He goes to a restaurant. She goes to a restaurant. They set up a webcam and... Um, so he's in. He's actually in his room having a meal by himself. Yeah. But he's he's got this other geezer in the back, and I can't remember his name, but he's quite funny. Um, because it's all done. Like, it's definitely an American guy doing a British accent, but it's still, <laughs> it, but it's still hilarious. Um, he's like kind of just shouting insults at him. So it's just like saying like, "Go to bed, you bum!" And um so americans doing british accents is the worst it's funny i mean it's it's worse than me doing my american accent and that's and my american accents are bad you're quite good at accents though i'm i'm rubbish at accents but i mean um i work with quite a lot of americans so i do do try what's your game you (laughs) bum what's your game that's basically exactly how it sounded but it was step in line step in line um uh anyway so they decide and, and so they have some technical difficulties and it goes down and then um, they're, they're, Chase is on the phone to Indian tech support uh, <laughs> and he's just saying like they're, they're, he's don't getting, do the accent don't do the accent no, I'll get into some, like, do not alienate our Indian listeners no, I was just gonna, please I, 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 was, um, I wasn't even going to try like I said I can't do accents I can't even pretend um, and then uh, Zoe's with her friend doing, uh, who's getting tech support there, and the whole time the Indian guy's saying like press Control G, and he's like saying it's not working, it's not working, and then uh, in 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 America, uh, Zoe's friends trying all of the tips and tricks to get it working, and she goes, oh, I'm just going to try one more thing, I'm just going to press Control G, and it goes boom, it comes back up, and now this is where I got a bit annoyed with the show, yeah, because they're like, they're like, oh. This was really hard, wasn't it? This isn't going to work. And it's like, dude, you tried one day and you're giving up already. Like, you're supposed to, like, like proclaimed, proclaimed your love for each other and then one technical hitch and you're you're both given up. And they're like, um, 
And like, oh, oh, the course of true love yeah. never did run smooth. And it's like, they're like, oh, but I can wait for you. And then it's like, oh, but a semester, which is only, what, three months long? Well, you don't know in America. No, but they're saying, like, but it's just, and he goes, what if we meet other people? A semester's a long time. Well, if you love you each don't other. Know, you don't know if a semester's three months in America. But it's a term, right? So, so it's going to be like... I don't know, man. I didn't go to no American college or high school. Or but it's like... But middle what, school. But if it's, if, there's, if it's supposed to be true love, then surely like you'll wait for... They're any- kids. The hell they know about love. They're at uni now, man. No, no. I, this is not when they're at uni. Yes, it is. No. Was it high school? Yes, it's high school. What are they doing in different countries if they're in high school then? She went to England because her parents got a job. Uh, As I was going to talk about Goodbye Zoe because I did watch it. Maybe I should have done the first one, then you did Goodbye Zoe, then I should have done the next one. Hmm. <laughs> you did that, not me. Um, That's on you. Um, but anyway, yeah, but I just thought it was a bit of a cop out. I was like, man, if you if you really got like feelings for each other, then... I mean... Yeah, but no... But, but the thing is, it wasn't even like... It, it wasn't like a... Um, Oh yeah, it's gonna be really tough, and then you know, actually, we tried. They, it. You're talking about complex love. They're kids. They're gonna forget about each other. Literally, as in the as we as I will talk about, they will forget each other. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I mean, the the, the dude did go from California to London, and then he's there, and he's already like, well, to be honest, love semesters a long time, and I, you know, boys will be boys. That yeah, but that's that that's it though. Yeah. That's it, though. Whoa, whoa, what else? I mean, that's it. That's all I got written down. So I just wrote cop out at the end. <laughs> well, now when I talk about it, hopefully it will make more sense. Okay, we watched Welcome to PCA, didn't you? Yeah. All right, okay, where are my notes? Okay, it's not here. Little Beach Party. So this was the finale of season one. So basically, PCA have an annual beach party at Mystic Beach. And they end up taking a, an unexpected nap after their final exam. And everybody leaves. Like, the final bus goes and, like, Zoe and the gang are, are stuck. And they're trying to figure out how to get to Mystic's Beach. And Logan, because he comes from a rich family, he's using his dad's credit card. So they end up going to a, a random beach with no Wi-Fi or no cell phone signal. And they just decide to have their own beach party, which would be their own tradition. And they managed to combine reception range from Chase's cell phone and Michael's laptop. And they managed to call Mr. Bender to uh, pick the gang up. So that was a, a nice, cute little episode to end the year. Back to PCA, so this was uh, season two, episode one, and obviously, yes, yeah, the girl's second year at PCA. Dana has left for the European Exchange Program, so Zoe and Nicole will have their dorm room to themselves. But instead, they get someone, Lola Martinez, and she's like pretending to be all weird so that they won't talk to her. And what else happens? Uh, yeah, so uh, Logan, Logan's dad buys him 
a huge entertainment system for their dorm room and chase and michael are trying to like figure all that out and they're like get out get out we don't want you to uh have this uh dorm room and yeah with uh with lola they find out that she's just an aspiring actress who is fooling them and so they all become friends and everything works everything works out and uh time capsule so pay attention on this episode so in this episode you the gang they basically look at an old yearbook that belongs to mr bender and they're wondering what future pca students will think of them and so zoe says right let's put together a time capsule and mr bender makes it a class project so each student will have to put an item that best represents them into the capsule and zoe decides to make a dvd about her life at pca and she tells chase about the video and she's like maybe i'm gonna mention you and he's like i gotta know what she says man i gotta know what she says and he's desperate to find out and he's going through any lengths because obviously they're like we're gonna dig up the time capsule in 20 years you can find out then and then zoe decides that you know what she's gonna let him know in 10 years time what it was on the time capsule goodbye zoe so zoe's parents come for an unexpected visit and they tell zoe and dustin that they're moving to england because zoe's dad's business is starting a new branch in london and when offered to accompany the parents to london dustin quickly declines because he's seeing someone but zoe decides to think about it and zoe is like i want to find out what chase thinks i don't really want to leave without really me telling him and basically chase as you do he heard it from somebody else that she was leaving and so he's all just like you know what go on leave i don't i don't really care like just just go you're gonna go anyway so might as well go and zoe's like you know what yeah i'm gonna go and michael was like to chase like are you crazy like you're gonna let this girl go she would have stayed if you'd said stay and so chase is like oh i need to try and call her but it's too late she's on the plane to london and after she leaves chase starts hanging out with a, a disgusting girl as according to my quotes called gretchen because she's doing like really yeah, disgusting things like picking her nose and eating it and just, <laughs> you look yeah, disgusted just, even when you're saying just, it yeah <laughs> what, what other stuff did she she does something else that was pretty disgusting as well um yeah so she took a bite out of an apple and like her chewing gum was stuck on the apple and <laughs> things 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 of uh things of that nature and so michael accidentally clicks to connect with zoe in the uk and so michael quinn and chase they, they were having an intervention because they're like you need to stop hanging around with this girl and you need to admit that you miss zoe and he's like i don't miss zoe we talking about and she's obviously listening and the boys have no idea and so quinn has like a that like a like a stuffed animal that zoe gave chase and he's like oh you don't mind if i uh rip the head of this stuffed toy do you and he's like 
no, do it, do it, do it. And then once he does it, he just completely jumps on Quinn. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine. I miss her. I miss her so much. And I think I love her. And obviously she's listening to all of that. And that was when I think she, when she decides to go back. And then he goes to England, which was incredibly daft. And then the last episode I watched was Chasing Zoe. So this was like halfway through an episode, it looked like. And she's dating up. She's dating a guy called James. And she decides to break up because she thinks that something's in the way. That something probably being Chase. And we find out that Quinn and Logan are truly madly deeply in love with each other and they basically go together on prom night and what else uh zoe is like uh maybe i should uh go she and zoe's deciding not to go to prom because she doesn't have a date and she doesn't want to go on her own and so chase comes back out of nowhere and he's like i'll take you to prom and they all have a wonderful wonderful time at prom and they become a couple and then 10 years later as i was saying the time capsule episode so chase is in a restaurant with his girlfriend which is not zoe and he's ready to propose to her and then out of nowhere michael shows up and he's like yo yo chase 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 i got something to tell you and he's like bro i'm in the middle of something and they go, do you remember the time capsule? And what Zoe said. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's locked away for 20 years. And he's like, do you remember Zoe said you can listen to it in 10 years time? Do you want to listen to it now? And so he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to listen to it. And obviously the girlfriend's like, bruh. <laughs> like, you finna engage, you finna get married or not? Like, what's going on? And. So he's all running around with the CD going, does anyone have a DVD player? And some idiot comes up and he's like with a big VCR going, will this work? You're like, no, it won't. And so he has this picture of Zoe in his bag. And obviously the girlfriend's like, why do you have that in your bag? A picture of another girl. And they're like, who's this Zoe? And he's like, basically Zoe is the most incredible, amazing girl and... And then Michael was like, I'm going to read everything she says. And so it alludes to Zoe having feelings for Chase. And he's like, I'm going to go find her. And she's like, what about me? And so he's like, you're great, but you're not Zoe. So he leaves this poor girl. And Michael's like basically eating her fries. She's like, can you stop eating my fries? Can you get out of here? You completely ruined this moment. And he's just like, oh, can I have a shower at your house? And she's just looking at him like, and then he just says, to be continued. And he's basically now going after, going after Zoe. And he's going to tell her everything that he feels. And that is Zoe 101. And uh, that's that ended because you yeah. got preggers. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I'm not going to say that's the reason why, just in case it's not, but... That's what people suspect. Yeah, fans of the show swear blind that that's the reason why. Okay. I mean, that's quite good a reason there's only to leave a show, I guess. <laughs> become a become a mummy. 
I mean, normally they just like have them carry something. Yeah. And hide it. Yeah, but no. Big ups to this show. I I I enjoyed it very much. I thought Jamie Lynn Spears was fantastic in this show. Yeah. As talented as her sister, so uh, yeah, good stuff. And uh, let's choose. Um, can I go first? Yep. I think, um, all things considered, it's got to be Zoe One Hundred and One. Like, it was a great, fun show. Like, like I said, it was kind of a little bit like Friends in a way. Like, it's sort of kind of a gang all together. Yeah. Um, it's one of the ones that I was really sad not to have watched. Uh, as many episodes as I should have watched. Do you know what I mean? I wish I'd kind of like known a little bit more about the series and I was actually interesting and interested in it and invested with the character almost immediately. So I think, yeah. I mean, Lizzie McGuire was okay. The production values were good. The script was good. It was like, it was funny to watch. Um, but I felt a lot more investment with uh, Zoe 101. I am going to have to agree with you and say Zoe 101 as well. I thought, I didn't think Lizzie McGuire was bad. No, 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 not at all. It was not bad at all, but I think as a character, Zoe 101 struck a chord with me fairly instantly. She's a good friend. It was a good show. It was really fun. I liked the whole 10 years thing with Time Capsule and how they continued on that story. I'm eager to know if Chase did find Zoe and what will happen. I'm not sure if there's going to be a reboot as there is with Lizzie McGuire and with Clarissa, as we're going to go into shortly. But yeah, like with that story, I want, I want there to be a resolution of that story and I kind of want that to end. So, uh, yay, good stuff. And, uh, big up to Jamie Lynn Spears. You're brilliant. Like I said, just as talented as her, as your, as your sister. So yeah, big ups to Brittany, Jamie Lynn and the Spears. Right, so now we're talking about Clarissa Explains It All, and I'm delighted to say that joining us to talk about Clarissa Explains It All is comedy writer and stand-up comedian Nabs Pat. Hey! Hey, Abdullah, how are you? I'm very, very well. You know, for Women's History Month, my big aim and intention was at least to have one female person talking about a tv show or tv shows i didn't just want it to be me and producer paul so thank you so much for for coming on glad i could you know be the tick box on your diversity <laughs> i mean w w when you put it like that it's just like right box ticked right yeah. that's it no yeah, no yeah. no one can say anything to me now but no one can say anything and you know what person of color as well so double whammy oh yes yes you see that so uh let's go back to march 1991 and uh, some of the things happening in the world the uh lapd police officers severely beat motorist rodney king and it was captured on amateur video and later leads to the la riots when the police officers are acquitted in the estonian restoration of independence referendum and the Latvian independence democracy poll, voters vote more than three to one in favor of independence from the Soviet Union. Also, Germany formally regains complete independence after the four-person 
World War II occupying powers, France, United Kingdom, United States and the Soviet Union relinquish all remaining rights. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze was in the cinemas. And Coming Out of the Dark by Gloria Estefan was uh, number one in the charts. Right, let's, uh, let's go on to uh, Clarissa Explains It All. So just a, a quick note, it's uh, an American teen sitcom created by Mitchell Kriegman for Nickelodeon. It's all about a teenager by the name of Clarissa Darling who addresses the audience directly to explain the things that are happening in her life, dealing with adolescent concerns such as school, boys, pimples, wearing her first training bra and annoying her younger brother. It was actually credited with becoming the very first Nickelodeon series to feature a female lead, which then led the network to create other shows such as The Secret World of Alex Mack, The Amanda Show and The Mystery Files of Shelby Wu. And it was actually popular with boys and girls, which debunked the myth that it was just a, basically a female show. And it also debunked the myth that boys wouldn't be able to get into to female shows. Most of the uh, the dialogue was family friendly. I did like the running gag of Sam coming up on the ladder. And then you have the bring when he walks up the ladder. That's like the uh, the guitar riff. And in terms of awards, the series was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Children's Program. And Melissa Joan Hart, Sean O'Neill and Jason Zimbler also received Young Artist Award nominations. Melissa went on to win three competitive Young Artist Awards during the show's original run, as well as receiving the Association's Honorary Former Child Star Award in 2013. And... As I was talking about with you in 2015, Kriegman actually released the novel Things I Can't Explain, which serves as a sequel to the series. And in the novel, Clarissa is now in her late 20s, trying to navigate life as an adult. And in March 2018, it was reported that a sequel to the series was in development at Nickelodeon with Clarissa now as a mother. And Melissa Joan Hart said at the time, and I quote, I like the way we left Sabrina. I think Sabrina ended on a really great note and I don't think you want to go back and explore that. At the same time, I think Clarissa ended on a note that could be explored again because it didn't really have an ended, an ending, it sort of ended. And a quick note on Melissa Joan Hart. She was born in 1976 in New York. She's an actress, producer, director, obviously starring role in Clarissa Explains It All and also... Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is definitely a show we're going to do at some point, and also Melissa and Joey. She did uh, endorse Mitt Romney for uh, election during the 2012 American election, and that kind of got her a bit uh, on the wrong end or a bit of backlash. She also expressed support for gun regulation, marching in a Mums Demand Action demonstration in Brooklyn. Quickly before I pass on to you, some of the characters of uh, Clarissa Explains It All. You've got Clarissa Darling, who's played by Melissa Joan Hart. you got her younger brother, Ferguson, who's like a redhead and he's always antagonizing his big sister. And she also refers to him with several epithets such as Ferg Face, Ferg Ward or Ferg Breath. 
he loves money and comes up with get rich schemes you got clarissa's best friend who's sam who's played by sean o'neill he's optimistic and upbeat and he's always asking what's the worst that can happen janet darling is clarissa's mum and she's into like making tofu with just about everything she's a teacher who works at a children's museum and marshall who is clarissa's father who's an architect who designs unusually shaped buildings mostly retail and tourist attractions such as the Fifel tower and uh i pass it on to you now nabs yeah take it away talk about clarissa what what so, made you reach yeah. out and be like i want to talk about this show yeah and i, I was quite emphatic about that wasn't i when you contacted Absolutely. me i was like i have to do clarissa explains it all and i'd actually forgotten about the show uh, and i i'm <laughs> i'm hitting myself for doing that because it was such a pivotal part of my childhood it shaped so much of who i was back then and i as i mentioned before we started recording and i i kind of held my tongue because i was like i'm going to share this with you <laughs> later on when i'm actually talking about the show yes. is that i think it set the the foundations of who i am today and the comedy i put together so nice. i credit it for a lot and I didn't realize it until you came to me and said, what children's program would you like to explore? I just thought what was big in my heyday. Yeah, Clarissa explains it all. And then I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> that was a show I was so obsessed and hooked with. I couldn't stop watching it. Um, I remember it would come on Channel 4, I believe, because, of course, not all of us had access to Nickelodeon. Uh, I think probably <laughs> a year or two years in did we get Sky and then all the subscription channels um, before. Like, I think when we got Sky, we were just we were just freeloading on the free channels. And then <laughs> and then I think by a stroke of luck, we managed to get Nickelodeon on that as well. So um, I got access to the replays. Yeah. And I loved everything about her. Her personality, the the way the the show was written. So I guess I was really drawn to the comedy. There was it the show was quite advanced for the age group it was targeting. But yeah. I don't I don't think it belittled uh, or or was something quite over the top for the age group. Um yeah. I feel like it was quite aspirational for the age group it targeted and didn't look down, didn't no. look down at the audiences it was um, putting out for. Like, you know, so um, for me, I watched Clarissa and thought, I want to emulate her style. I want to talk like her. I come from a pretty ordinary but loving family, but she stands out as extraordinary. I want to be like her. I don't have a siblings that are my age because I had a huge age gap between my siblings. And I, I'd see that she, her sense of identity really came alive because she was trying to be heard um, against her brother yeah. um, and she was in com competition. So for me, it was like, I need to up my game because I don't have somebody to struggle with. 
<laughs> to really develop who I am. So yeah. that that made me realize as a kid, I was again coasting along that I needed to have this kind of, I don't know, be in my bonnet yeah. uh, that made me discover who I was. And oh my gosh, was she a young teenager who was so sure of herself, who was so mature and spoke amazing witticisms. Yeah. Right. So not, I mean, like, this is, imagine if you think that, you know, there's going to be a kids program that's appealing to girls, but actually ended up appealing to both girls and boys. Yeah. Um, for very wholesome reasons. Um, but, you know, imagine like, you know, what the mindset was in um, people's uh, story, uh, story creation sittings um, in the, drawing rooms where people would be like okay we need to target young girls etc and then you know there was this big emphasis on girls being feminine uh, girls um maybe having some kind of romantic thing where you know they were very pretty etc there was no emphasis on clarissa being this beautiful or feminist oh no not feminist feminine yeah archetype she was strong-willed um she was, if I dare say this, I was re-watching some of it recently and I actually think she has the trappings of being a stand-up comic as a young kid. <laughs> so, you know, and this is why I say that I feel like it was really aspirational for the target group it was reaching out to. Um, And, you know, for me, I, I loved the whole talking to the camera yeah that felt like i was being spoken to yeah yeah and with like and my reactions were then responding back to her i felt like i had a real intimate relationship with this character this Uh childhood heroine and you know i I just loved the you know the the kind of challenges she'd put out whether she had a pimple whether she um you know was in competition with her brother she would include me as she's like talking about it and her journey and it was like and she was a true leader mm. you know she had her friend her sidekick um sam yeah who after i probably i think by season three or four there was some kind of romantic entanglement with each other it was a bit on and off yeah um but you know she kind of she had his full support so she was the leader and he was like her supporter and champion yeah but it's because she knew how to um uh stoke up the ideals and the values and whatever she was driven by she knew how to kind of uh recruit him yeah yeah. and so can you imagine as a young girl seeing this i was like i wouldn't be like her yeah you know i want i want to have an issue that i'm so passionate about and then rallying the troops like i want my very own sams yeah and and you know like where you know you're so accustomed to like seeing any kind of children's shows where the leads are boys and then you know they have their little gangs and amongst them are those little young girls who are kind of like joining in but they don't really have a voice this was a girl who had a voice who was leading um and you know being creative and you know just wanted to stand out all the time and uh, you know when i when i think back about that i then also think actually she's just a narcissist <laughs> <laughs> no 
No, she wasn't. I mean, there's... yeah, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Because you know, you, you just kind of like think, okay, yeah, she wanted to get her way. She wanted to be seen and heard. You know, those are the normal trappings of being a narcissist. But no, she was actually <laughs> a very clever, thoughtful person. I remember there was one episode where she um, she shoplifted. Ooh. I think if I can, I mean, I haven't watched it recently, but I just I vividly remember there was something that she kind of stole from a shop. Yeah, she I remember reading about it. She didn't get caught out or anything, but she logically, as she's talking to me, which is like she's talking to the screen, she's talking to the camera, but she was talking to me. I always felt like she was talking to me. She was my friend. She was a friend I never had at school. Uh, She was a cool (laughs) friend that I really wanted at school, you know, to hang around with the boring ones, but she was my real friend. Um, So, you know, she's talking her issue through and the challenges. And so, you know, she was thoughtful. So yeah. that's what negate. That's what actually uh, challenges the accusation of her being a narcissist. Yeah. Um. She was, and and you know, for that age, I mean, it's probably too harsh to call any kid a narcissist. So maybe bratty. She was not a brat. No. She was so. just someone who knew her mind, wanted to achieve the things she wanted to achieve, and she just wanted to stand out. And I guess. This is very typical of somebody if they come from a household where they have siblings that are very close in age. Yeah. You just you just want to stand out. I mean, of course, I didn't have that because I have I have siblings that um you know are quite a, a vast age difference from me, so I was yeah. quite closeted in that sense um, mm-hmm. and comfortable. But she was, she was fantastic. And the other, I remember having a conversation with one of my school friends who was also absolutely besotted by Clarissa and was her role model, um, was the fact that, you know, on the screen, whenever, like, you know, she's talking to the camera or whatever, there were all these different images and pop-ups and, you know, she was into computers and, you know, she would illustrate her comedic punchline with some kind of funny animation or anything like that. And we were like, how'd you do that? <laughs> we want to do that. We want to be talking about our lives and have some animation pop up and, you know, represent who we are. Yeah. Do you know that those were the initial trappings of what, you know, because now I'm on the online world and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a YouTuber. I'm a, I make comedy sketches, um, but I also vlog. She was the original kind of vlogger. Yeah. If you think about what we have as vlogging, you know, someone standing in front of the camera talking about themselves, talking yeah. about, you know, like if you think about comedic vloggers, you know, whether it's Lily Singh, you know, she stood in front of, uh, you know, just her household wall. She'd have these images pop up. She predated all these comedic vloggers. Ooh. And so I think she basically set the standard of what we're seeing today in the online world. Nice. But not many people make that connection. But no. everybody has watched Clarissa Explains It All. Until now. Until now. There you go. <laughs> I was going to say, like, there must have been like a vindication of the, uh, the makers of Clarissa Explains It All. Because as I was saying, it was like the first show to have a, a female lead on Nickelodeon. So they must have thought, oh, I don't know, is this going to work? Are people going to like it? It's a, it's a female lead. 
normally we'll just have shows and we'll just have a bloke with it and it would just be fine but no you you had clarissa she came on did the show she crawled so that the amanda show could could run and not only that it's she managed that the show managed to do like really good numbers with ratings boys girls alike all sat down to watch it me personally actually remember watching clarissa on cbbc so like i remember you used to come on after school on cbbc it'd be like one of the first one of the first shows and i didn't realize it came out so late like march 91 it's like man i didn't realize it was like early 90s i used to always think it was mid mid to late 90s but obviously mid to late 90s was when she got into sabrina the teenage witch i think that kind of happened right after clarissa she got into sabrina the teenage witch sabrina the teenage witch was a huge hit but if i may say something controversial Oh, we love controversy on yesterday's capers. I did not think Sabrina the Teenage Witch um, lived up to the hype of Clarissa. Ooh! Although the ratings might say otherwise, it just, I mean, for, I, 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 for me, who was absolutely besotted yeah. by yeah. Um, Melissa Joan Hart, I Ooh. tuned in for that, and it just did not have that same level of humor i mean it was it was different man it was iconic though it was iconic iconic it was iconic but i think i was i guess the 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 appeal of clarissa and the the, you know the humor yeah the the kind of witty banter that she would have yeah I, i guess i just wanted a continuation of that and that's not what sabrina the teenage witch was was it not it wasn't it wasn't it was it was a kind of sci-fi family friendly comedy yeah Um, but it didn't have the edge that clarissa explains it all had Mm. well speaking of uh... which is ironic because clarissa explains it all was probably targeted at a far younger audience (laughs) than yeah hence why it was on cbbc yeah because i remember specifically just seeing that because obviously, yeah, as we've spoken on the pod, I used to live, like, literally a stone's throw away from my primary school. And as in literally, I could throw a stone and it would break the head teacher's window. That's how close I lived to the school. And so in terms of, like, yeah, living so close to the school, like, I would be able to watch the very first thing that comes on either CBBC or CITV, whether it was Alphabet Castle on CITV or sooty and sweep or clarissa explains it all i would be there watching it and yeah i used to remember watching it as a kid and yeah that's the thing that as a kid that guitar riff when sam would come up on the uh the ladder it'd be like hey sam bring and he'd just come up the ladder and just that little guitar Guitar the sound riff. effects were great. So can we go back to the opening credits, right? So you might, yeah, you might be loving, you might, you might be loving the sound effects, but the opening credits was where it was all happening. And yes, somebody who has trouble remembering lyrics, this was perfect for me. It was <laughs> na 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 na. Beep, beep, beep. 
And it's like, Carissa! Or whatever it says. Hey, cool! Yes, yeah, hey, cool. <laughs> yeah. There you go, yeah. Now, producer Paul, you were wondering why this is a special and not lumped in with all the other programs that we do. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. I watched this one last out of all of the shows that we did this week. And by far, it was the lowest budget. I think it must have been done like for a fiver. Maybe they paid the crew in pizza or something. And, you know, they did favors just painting the set. It was like, you could basically see the lighting guy behind, um, oh, you've said his name about a hundred times, Sam. When he's yeah. climbing up the ladder, you can basically see some guy waving a light behind no, him. No, you can't. It's... You can. I watched what? one of the. You no, know, I watched one of the um, episodes recently, and I saw. I oh, saw. You guys a are all behind who... camera people. Then <laughs> I'm always I, in front. I, saw, so... I mean, I'm all about the continuity, right, in production. Oh, and I there saw. You go. There I saw Mike yeah. Boom pop up, but what? The, yes. Where? Did about I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to suspend my disbelief. All right, I don't care if there's a camera you're, you're, guy walking mid shot and you were doing what we should have been doing, which is following the narrative. Yes, right. So the suspension of disbelief is obviously like the main part of television in general, right? Yeah, but it has to adhere to a set of rules to 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 maintain that. For example, the breaking of the fourth wall is instantly like you know destroying the suspension of disbelief i guess and actually it's interesting that you said that it was a good thing and it's like speaking to your friend and things and i was like that was the most jarring weird bit about the whole show for me why because She's explaining it, what's going on but it's on kind of like it wasn't it was very disjointed like from from the show it wasn't like it was kind of like a here's the show then we stop and then we address the camera and then we kind of go into the show again and it was a for me it made the whole show for i mean, I never seen it before so this is the first time i've even heard of the show producer paul you yeah. were tuning in to it as an adult if yes. you never saw it as a kid then no the 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 show is not going to uh, evoke the same imagination and uh, no exactly and i was just watching it like um no but i would imagine that you would have had this same mentality if you were watching it back in the 90s back in the day he would have been like yes this this does not quite qualify as suspension of disbelief <laughs> yes, as, a, as a teenager he would have said the, those very same thoughts and may i add that is such a fascinating discussion listening to you two talk about that. That needs to be a separate podcast title. But honestly, yeah, this is why you are so perfect for this. Because you can give us the perspective that me and producer Paul lack and will always <laughs> lack. And we, as we do this Women's History Month, there's going to be a ton of stuff that we're going to miss out. Not intentionally, but... Yeah, but it's, that's what I'm saying. So, like, when I was just talking about all of the stuff that it meant to her and 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 and, and everything else that went with it and, and the deeper meanings, I was like, wow. I thought yeah, it was a bit I'm rubbish. just sitting there. It's like, <laughs> I didn't say nothing. You, I don't have to say nothing. It's, 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 it's the floor is yours. So, 
Now, I, you know, I know you said that the show also appealed to young boys as well. And I don't think yeah. it to them because, you know, they had those uh, uh, original initial stages of hormones kicking in or anything like that. I feel like people tuned in because it was, it was just, it was, as, as I say, I keep using the phrase aspirational yeah. uh, for that age group. Right. Um, really raised the bar in how children's television children's entertainment should be um and so absolutely i i definitely and but then if i think about myself i know boys tuned in but i tuned in as a girl and i definitely tuned in because she was so different yeah not the typical girl that i would watch on tv she had a voice she had these leadership qualities um she knew how to get friends on board i guess this this was something so exciting because in that age and in that era where you know you're at school you're struggling to make friends you know you want to keep friendships going etc and you just don't know how to navigate that world you don't have somebody telling you you need to um you know how to you know the books that we all pick up at, at, in our adult stages you know how to win friends and influence people (laughs) you know the kind of self-help stuff you know you don't have that for kids right you don't have the rule books but there you have a character on screen who is talking to me yes she was just talking to me you know that that style of talking to the camera meant it was a very personal relationship i had with her and she's taking me through life's struggles and angsts and even finding exactly. the humor in them like yes. the level of cultural references like sometimes she would deploy shakespeare phrases and everything else and i was like yes bring it on <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right absolutely and as as a kid watching it i didn't think oh it's a, it's a, it's a lead with a girl and i'm not going to watch it cuz it's like a girl show when it would come on and I'm, and i'm watching it and the fact that yeah she's including everybody and she's using all these different as you're saying cultural references having it with a a little bit of the humor i thought as a as a show and as a concept in that respect i thought it was really really cute and i as a kid watching it and even now looking back and watching the episodes i didn't think oh man this is whatever and and i and i thought that it held up pretty well and what was yeah. it march 91 so almost 30 years ago when it when it came out and for me i think it it holds up like i can happily go back and watch more episodes cuz it was a really good watch and i would definitely recommend you lot go out of your way and 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 watch it yeah no, no i can i think i can tune back this this conversation has definitely whetted my appetite to you know just go on some of those strange websites where yep. you know you can access old old um you know shows and you know this is not easily accessible i think not YouTube that we uh, not that we condone you going on uh, illegal websites listeners i'm not we're not we're not we're not in the business of condoning that just no, but your guest just is. have a look on the world wide web and just click i'm feeling lucky on google you know, this is the thing. Okay, just waste your time on YouTube. Find those, you know, sporadic clips. And who knows, you might be able to 
bring them together and say, oh yeah, that was a full episode. YouTube, you to... Daily Motion, whichever of your Daily uh, Motion platform. actually has full episodes. But you'll just have to sit through the adverts. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, um, but going back to producer Paul's point about low production, I agree with him. It was low production, and I can only see that now with my, um, you know, the. the experienced insights that I have in television production <laughs> in my adult age with my few white hairs um, that the it was very basic and then and you know it makes sense now something that you said Abdullah which is the the commissioners must have taken a real chance yeah on this show yeah so if they took a chance they probably poured very little money into it absolutely I think Nickelodeon brass were like um i don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes right we'll we'll, mm. we'll commission a pilot maybe a couple of more episodes see how how it goes and we'll, we'll test the waters out a little bit and once they realized oh snap this is a this could be a hit potentially we've got a future star in in melissa joan hart because mm. this was like a, a her her platform to where she went on to do so being a teenage witch, which that is what probably elevated her a bit more than Clarissa, well, I would say. Well, Clarissa's fans then, you know, followed on, but <laughs> I didn't because I expected. I mean, I did watch it. I would watch. Yeah. Uh, the teenage witch. I watched it. Yeah. Uh, until the end. But I wasn't enthralled by it to the extent that I was with Clarissa Explains It All. I guess now, knowing who I am now and the fact that I have entered the world of comedy, uh, that style of writing yeah. for the show and Clarissa Explains It All is very comedic. I was going to say, I was I was going to book you for the Sabrina episode, but if you're so uh, downtrodden <laughs> by it, then... You can. I can just talk about the the psychological impact it's had on me, <laughs> the disappointment. Right. You know, this is. I, I guess I can talk about how Serena the Teenage Witch has, where, where Clarissa explains it all, set the foundation of my comedic world. Serena Teenage Witch, um, has set the foundations of me res developing resilience towards disappointment. <laughs> right. That's it. You're booked, kid. You got you I'm got yourself booked. another you got yourself another gig. You're booked, booked. right for Sabrina, yes. and you could t okay, <laughs> talk about all that all that stuff as well. And so Fine, I will do that. Um, you know, just also just exploring the low production side. Yep. Can uh, when I watch back, even in my uh, through this adult lens of mine, um, I am still impressed by it because the 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 setting, the stage. The production was very bright and colourful and they made it appeal to young, bright-eyed minds. So they did well. There, there was something that it didn't... I mean, like, you know, they might have had a problem with continuity and there might have been some simplicity, but it was a very appealing show in visuals. Yeah. And let's not forget her fashion sense. Well, the 90s was, was a horrific decade for fashion, though. But she was emblematic of it. <laughs> she was. The the mismatch of style, you know, the bold colours, the leggings, the flary tops. To be oh my gosh, fair, the flary though, top. To be fair, I think everybody was at it in the nineties with, with, with the I bad know. fashion. Everybody. I know. 
And fixing teeth so didn't seem to be a, a thing that people wanted to do <laughs> in the 90s either. People were yeah. just happy to go on, on telly with wonky teeth, which I thought... But, but can you see how that was really my happy decade? Because, <laughs> you know, I could be looking as mismatched as, as ever. Yeah. And I was not judged for it. It was a style. I was... Yeah. You know, I, I could get away with it and no one judged me. So in terms of episodes of uh, Clarissa, did you manage to go back and watch some or? I did. I actually think that the first episode was really iconic. Oh, the pilot. The, the pilot. Clarissa's it, Revenge. Yes. You watched that it as well too, right, Paul? Is that the one where she... Her brother takes her training bra to school. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, sorry. That's the one. So, she, she, I mean, there was one line in that which I just love. She's like, I have many qualities, but embarrassment is not one of them. You know, I mean, just the succinctness and the art of brevity in the language. You can't imagine a kid saying something like that. But a kid will completely understand it. Yeah. But that line is a comedy corker. <laughs> and so I'm now, as I say, watching this at this time in my life. Yeah. I can appreciate it because, you know, I'm all about deconstructing comedic lines and punchlines, you know, it's what I do for my living. Yeah. And I'm like, that, that was on showcase for young minds. Yeah. How great is that? Yeah. You know, that that's, you know, infusing witticisms into young minds. Where Whereas, like, you know, if you think about people, adults talking to young people, it's all about getting to young people's level and talking to them, like, you know, at this level. Yeah. Hello, how are you doing? Are you having a good day? <laughs> you know, and this was talking with us, not talking at us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I just love it. I just love it. And you know what? You know, it didn't take kids as fools because I would watch it back then and laugh. Yeah. And think, oh, that's clever. <laughs> you know, as I do now, there is no difference. True. And this is the pilot, so, remember? Bearing in mind, this is the pilot. So this is setting the tone and using that kind of language and expressing who she is. Yeah, so if you think about pilots that have um, happened throughout history, they've often been unsuccessful because they don't encapsulate the the real mood, the real tone of how the show is going to go. It's only until like a few episodes have passed by. Yeah, I feel like this has happened with, uh, and I'm going to literally put Clarissa explains it all on the same part with very famous sitcoms, whether it's Only Fools and Horses, whether it's um, Seinfeld or others. I know that this is uh, yesterday's capers. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, putting um, I'm putting it in that. What well, you have to right? understand is producer Paul is a big Only Fools and Horses fan. So, but saying that, the first episode of Only Fools and Horses wasn't that great. Big Brother is that? It's the one where <laughs> they've got this uh, briefcases and uh, they're all locked, and they'd, and the, the 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 code is inside the briefcase. It's not that don't exactly. Remember. You don't remember it, yeah. right? <laughs> With Clarissa explains it all. Yeah, it's 
it hit the turn. I thought so. I it like hit the turn yeah. from the onset. Like that's the level of genius uh, amongst the the writers and producers of that show. Um, you know, she introduced her family. We knew exactly what this show was going to be about. I mean, uh, hence the title, Clarissa Explains, or we just knew from the onset. Like, you can have a title, but there can be a mismatch in what they put together. Yeah. But this was always going to be a show about her voice, always have a grappling with issues that are impacting her as a young teenager. Yeah, yeah. Trying to make her way in her family setting and in her life. Cool, yeah. And... and with the pilot as well, you you also had the uh, whole uh, Sam doesn't want to play football, so he's trying to come up with like elaborate excuses so that he doesn't let his his dad down. So he's coming up with these different schemes and and what have you, and then he ends up being part of the uh, the revenge the revenge plan with the balloon. So he ends yeah. up, I think, breaking his arm, and he doesn't end up. Doesn't end up playing after all. I love the fact that the show did not shy away from the fact that yeah, you had Clarissa's family, which was like the perfect setup. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that was nicely contrasted by Sam's family, which she explained straight away yeah. by saying, you know, he comes from a single parent uh, family, a broken home, and you know, he's he's got this turbulent relationship with his dad because he doesn't get the right attention from his dad. Yeah. Which, you know, if I think about it now, it makes sense why Sam gravitated towards Clarissa because he got that stability that, and probably Clarissa's family. Yeah. And, you know, there was something so identifiable about that. Like, you know, if you think about the kind of kids you went to school with, it was like a mixture of people who had the the kind of typical setup of yeah. coming from a 2.4 setup. Yeah. And then um, people having like, you know, um of parents who are single parents and you know you know everyone's just trying to forge relationships but knowing that that their background informs their interactions Mm -hmm. and that was the perfect chemistry between those two yeah absolutely and also it did set the tone for her brother and carissa just at loggerheads with each other and let's talk about ferguson Berg Ward. Yeah. um, Young Republican. Young Republican, but just hilarious in his own right. Yeah. Yeah. He he took his parents uh, and manipulated them left, (laughs) right, and center because he was considered the perfect kid. Yeah. Uh, And Clarissa was the only one who could see through him. Mm -hmm. But how hilarious was he? I, yeah, I I liked him. I thought he was a good. he was a good dance partner, for want of a better expression, yeah. for with Clarissa. So the the toing and throwing between the two, and the fact that he's yeah. just basically trying to mug his sister off at, at every at every at turn. Every you know the, the 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 relationship was a power grapple. Yeah, you know they, they were each vying for somebody's attention yeah. in the household, or to have this one up. Yep, yep, and that competitiveness was was just it was fun entertaining it was yeah fun it was fun to watch and yeah. uh was there any other episodes you uh want to talk about or spring to mind so i can't remember where this episode lies um probably to maybe the penultimate 
series um or the final series uh it's when so it's it's over a course of a few episodes yeah. so it's basically the theme around the the season mm-hmm. it's when things change between clarissa and sam okay. and they and there's a kind of more intimate relationship being forged between those two right which is actually like i mean they're way too young for something like that yeah but there was something so lovely about it at the same time <laughs> because you know the, and you know often like if any children's show uh covers anything remotely romantic in you know these children's stories yeah I'm the first one to say, you know, that's so unnecessary. Like, why? Why? Because, you know, all these things add peer pressure yeah. to young minds as well. It's like, oh, man, we have to live up to this. Um, but there was, again, something so lovely about the blossoming of their relationship, which didn't quite develop into fruition. Yeah. And you felt like, yes, now, now that, you know, we've both talk- spoken about the fact that there is going to be a kind of sequel. Yeah. I wonder how Sam is going to feature in that and in uh, Clarissa's life because there was definitely, like, they were childhood sweethearts. Yeah, but I I don't think he's going to have a prominent role. I think, according to my notes, if I can find it, about the new series, well, yeah, (laughs) well, I don't think he's going to feature... I don't think he's going to feature much at all. Oh, yeah, because it's just basically saying that Clarissa is a mum. And because I think if you remember what the finale was, she goes to New York to do uh, an internship. And Sam goes off to an all-girls college and he's like the first boy or whatever. And so they (laughs) kind of leave on their... Leave... like They go their own way. So... I'm not unless they're still mates. I don't really see how. I live in hope, okay, Abdullah. I live in hope. There's been quite a few years that have passed between the the last episode and where we are today. Don't blame so, me. Who knows? Blame uh, Mitchell Kriegman. He he's the one that wrote the the sequel, and uh, Sam's gonna have sod all to do with uh, Clarissa's life. I'm just wondering it's if it's going to be the kids doing the uh, piece to camera or is it still going to be her going, I'm a mum now. As you can see, this is my husband, Rick. Oh, there's a whole audience for Clarissa, the mummy, the mummy enthusiasts. <laughs> they, you know, all those tuning yeah. mummy bloggers are going to be tuning into this. And Sam's probably going to be married with his own missus and kids. And he'll probably still come up the stairs. Up the ladder. Brim. <laughs> and he's like, you know, a grown man and everything. But, uh... No, no. It's like, you know, when Joe and Laurie from Little Women didn't get together. That broke my heart. So don't, don't tell me that bad news. It's not, it's not bad news. I mean, the, me. the mere fact that it's coming back, I think that should be good news enough. Yes, let's see. And let's see how much they um, spend on the production value. <laughs> the other episode that I watched from uh, season one was New Edition. 
So basically, this is where Clarissa thinks that the parents are going to have a, a, another child because I think they're trying to extend one of the rooms. And the whole episode is her trying to get Ferguson to subtly ask the parents whether or not they're going to have another baby because they're thinking, why, why are they doing up another room? Well, what's going on? What what are you what are you trying to pull? What are you trying to do? And I think yeah, it it turns out to just be something really really mundane. I think it had something to do with uh, her dad and 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 his job, or I think they wanted to make a, a games room or, or something. It was just something really innocent and innocuous and nothing to do with uh, babies or any or anything of uh, of that nature. So that 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 whole episode, it was really fun, and they're trying to explain, and they're trying to go through the that intricacies, and trying to ask delicately. And Ferguson's like, "Oh, where 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 does a, a baby come from, Clarissa?" And she's just like, "Yeah, I'm not telling you. Whatever, like, <laughs> go away, sort of thing." So that was uh, that was uh, really fun. Yeah. I'll tell you another fun episode. Um, Go for it. Because just just from my own head archive. um, I remember in the first series, there's an episode where she explores all her different crushes. Mm. And I I love this about her because what she says, and uh, tell me, isn't this revolutionary for uh, young minds uh, to have a kid talk about how this is so irrational this is such an irrational experience. And, you know, I don't understand why I have no control in my mind. Why is like my mind disconnected from my heart at this point? Like, I love that. You know, like, yeah, this is that the kind of- That sounds like an adult there. That sounds like an adult, but this is what I'm saying. How helpful and um, supportive is that to young minds who are going to be embarking on those sets of emotions as, you know, certain hormones are changing in their lives. And, I you didn't. know, like... It... I didn't. Well, the... Shoot. <laughs> that, that, that stuff like that would just be like, straight yeah. over my head. But, but basically we had a young role model on our telly boxes. I guess. You know, helping us navigate through that. Whereas this one kind of like talks about the turbulent matters of the heart. In a very palatable I mean, way. I, that's yeah, broken down I, nicely yeah. Like, like I said, at that age, it was yeah. No, that was uh, something that I can't really relate with. As when I was growing up, turbulent matters of the heart. The only yeah, Do the only probably... the only turbulent matters of the heart would be like if I'm watching footy or or like <laughs> iconic <laughs> wrestling moments. That's like the turbulent matters of the heart for me. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing to do with school and the playground, like no chance. Or when no chance. Wimbledon was on and it overran, and the Simpsons didn't play that that day. That was yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah, that that would be heartbreaking because Tim Henman is rubbish and he's got to play <laughs> like three days to try and make one Wimbledon final. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 the. So you would have. Abdullah, you would have tuned into that episode and just still got excited by the fact that Sam climbs up the ladder. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that guitar riff, mate. That's, that's, yeah. That's it. 
those were your highlights. I'm a simple man. There you go. Just give me my guitar riff. <laughs> I want to hear him coming up the ladder. That's it. Done. That's 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 all. Uh, that's all uh, I want to see. And um, speaking of like crushes and things like that, this is probably my uh, favorite episode. So she has a crush on the TV weatherman, and mm-hmm. she starts to like do everything in like weather. So whether she's talking about things that are happening in at home or at school, she'll be using like weather terminology. So I don't know when, for example, if Ferguson's walking into the room, she's like, oh, now we're experiencing clouds and thunder and rain. And when she sees the weatherman, it's all like, oh, the forecast mm-hmm. is bright, bright, bright. And it's going to be overcast or whatever yeah. whatever weather terminology i can't even think of weather terminologies but, but how amazing wordplay yes i did like that very much so it would just be yeah. really sharp really quick there's, there's something about the sharpness which you know appeals it doesn't matter like you don't have to be a certain age to appreciate that yeah absolutely and i'm watching it now as a as a 30 year old watching it and uh i don't care I'm, I'm 32 years old and i'm fine about it whatever but uh yeah i'm watching that now and it's like oh this is this is really fun this is this is hilarious and then it turns out that he himself doesn't really care about weather and i think he's kind of using it as like a, a platform for like bigger and better things and then instantly she falls out of love with him and all of a sudden she doesn't really care about the weather bulletin because always she'd always come on tv and be like oh i want to i want to watch the 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 weather bulletin i want i want to watch this bloke's name whatever he's called and it's like not michael fish but like another (laughs) iconic weatherman and and uh another episode i watched was uh carissa wanted a job at the uh, baxter beach carnival and her parents were like, you're not old enough to get a job. And she tries to act all mature and sophisticated. And she's all like, oh, Ferguson, grow up. And she's talking in a certain way, dressing in a certain way. And the parents are still like, uh, yeah, you're not. we're not allowing you to do this job. And we don't want you working in a carnival because you're going to bump into carnies and, and, what, <laughs> and, 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 and whatnot. And... They were like, oh, you can go to the carnival and, and have all sorts of fun, but you, you can't get you can't get a job. And she'd start, oh, but I'm mature, I'm mature, I'm mature. And why won't my parents let me do this thing? And yeah, it was it was another really uh another really cute episode and uh Yeah. Well that that this is the thing, it's really cute stories. Yeah. And happily exploring teenage issues. Yeah. But in a funny way. Definitely. And uh, producer Paul, what episodes did you watch? Um, so obviously, you've pretty much covered thing. But I did watch one episode that you haven't got. You guys haven't mentioned yet. Oh, okay. Um, and it's very appropriate for today's times because um, Clarissa is in a theatre production, right. and she's playing a uh, a pillar of the Parthenon. And she doesn't want to go because she's got a rubbish part and things like this. And yeah, and so she f- tries to fake a sickness, um, and ends up getting sick for real, like a 
of some sort of like viral infection, like a cold or whatever. Um, and then the doctor says you have to stay in bed because there's a virus going around. And it was a Chinese, um, a Chinese like a super virus thing that was going in. And obviously this is like what ninety one two probably by the time. And then now twenty twenty, we've got the Verona virus. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, f- I feel like using my um, antibacterial hand wipe for that. <laughs> <conversation>. <laughs> yeah, we're on the edge of a <laughs> pandemic, and uh... yes, thank goodness we cannot shake hands, Abdullah. <laughs> Separated, separated by this webcam. <laughs> high five. High five. Air high five, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, carry on talking about the Verona Kairos. Um, no, that was about all I had for the episode written down was the fact that she got told to stay in bed. Very appropriate. And then I, for some reason I wrote Sam at the bottom. Because he probably came to visit and he probably ended up getting the cold from her. I think... Um, so at the end, everyone, um, so she was in bed sick and things like that. And then she ended up being the well one looking after everybody else. And she fed oh. her brother some nasty remedy. I think it was a good remedy, but it was one of these nasty old. Was it tofu? Was oh, it from the mum? Tofu. No, it wasn't. Um, It was some like chicken lard broth thing. Lard? Yeah, like fat. Yeah, I know what lard is, but I'm saying, why would that be in a thing? I don't know. It's just some remedy, but I can't remember. Oh, it has healing properties. Fat of uh, meat fats have healing properties when you cook them. Yeah, as a don't tell the vegans, as producer Paul was whispering. <laughs> I have to tell the vegans. <laughs> oh well, as a as as for our vegan listeners, I'm sure there's a <laughs> there's plant based plenty. Yeah, plant plant based options there. and earthy (laughs) tasting and what have you and what is there any other episodes you want to talk about i didn't watch any more episodes you just watched that no i watched the pilot as well it was you so you just watched two yeah well yeah i mean i like i said i did watch the the last episode which was called the last episode and yeah, she's basically writing an article for a newspaper that she's working for, her local newspaper, dedicated to the future. And so she's asking the question, where will everyone be in 20 years? So what's going to be happening in 2014? And her her plan was going to Cincinnati to journalism school. But then she gets an offer because her article won like an award or something. And then she gets offered an internship in New York City. And so she's mulling over going, oh, should I go to school? Should I go to New York? And she's asking her parents. And I think her parents in the end were like, yeah, it's we've decided that it's up to you what you want to do. We're not going to really tell you. So I think, she, yeah, she ends up going to New York. And then Sam goes to, I think it was like a school in Maine, like an engineering, all girls engineering school. But he ends up being like the first boy in in history to 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 go to that school and ferguson's like i'm gonna miss you carissa i'm gonna miss fighting with you and and she's like oh you can come visit me in new york and and all of that good stuff and yeah that's uh that's how uh carissa ended i'm looking forward to the sequel because that's what the last episode was yeah and as she as, as melissa joan hart said in uh an interview she was like yeah this Obviously, with Sabrina, it ended, and obviously you got the dark 
Sabrina on on uh, on Netflix, which apparently is really really good, but I haven't got around to watching. But she said that with Clarissa, there's scope to explore, and mm, absolutely. So I'm excited about what's in store you are. for all of us fans, and I can add you and. I think Paul secretly is a fan. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. We 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 can't wait for the new uh, Sabri- <laughs> Sabrina, uh, Clarissa. I can't wait. I've got it on season link. <laughs> okay, well, that's real dedication to the cause. Yeah, because they're rebooting a ton of stuff. Because all that's coming ideas. back. Hey, all that that was a uh, Nickelodeon. Something's just. I, I I'm a little bit worried because you know, like the hype. And the the dream that we've kind of pictured yep. about this this show, if it doesn't li- live up to that caliber, that's just bitter. I think it could destroy the whole thing sometimes. Where you're waiting yeah. so long for something to come out because it, of the nostalgia effect it comes, yeah, doesn't live up to a disappointment, and you're like, oh well, and it leaves a sour taste in your mouth about the whole thing. It's the very one, risky the one show that did that really well, I think, is DuckTales. Woo! Yeah. So, uh-huh. like, the old version of DuckTales was amazing. And the new version of DuckTales, they've managed to lead that on and, and make the episode the episodes really, really well. And they've, yeah, like, they've managed to figure out how do we get back the old audience of 1987 versus getting the audience of the 2017 yeah. when it when it when it came out so uh they'll do well to follow that example i'm i'm going to say that this new version of clarissa is going to be good because if as long as they just continue it and they tell her story and how she's grown up then hopefully the fans of the 90s will have also have grown up and they can grow up together and they can watch it together and yay i'm gonna add another ingredient to that i think what's critical is if that writing stays yep. on point like the the same banter the same witticisms yep. if that continues and remember, you don't need to upscale on it for a more adult mm-hmm. audience because that level was just on point. <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh, then you are the producers of that show are onto a winner. If, if I, 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 I hope so. I hope so. And uh, any any lasting uh, memories and final comments you want to say about Clarissa? I just want to say thank you to this this experience that i had in watching the show and what it meant for me back then and how it laid the foundations of who i am today like i don't uh, we we give a vote of thanks to so many, we give credits to so many shows and institutions that have done that and i feel like clarissa explains it all has been a hidden gem um, I don't think there's been enough acknowledgement yeah. of how much it has impacted a lot of yeah. people. And I, as I said, I've, I only had to revisit it the other day to realize, oh, sugar, this was a pivotal part of my childhood. It laid the foundations of who I am as a co- co- comedian today. And it probably 
um, and I don't know how, but it probably shaped my sense of humor. Yeah. And that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. You know, what, what I'm attracted to in humor and what I think is funny has been inspired from this show. Oh, that is, that is, that is deep, man. Mind blowing. Yeah, I was... that's quite deep. What about you, producer Paul? Any part. lasting thoughts of, uh, I keep, I was going to say Sabrina, Clarissa, damn it. Yes, don't don't go there with Sabrina, please. What a disappointment. <laughs> Can't wait till we do Sabrina Teenage Witch. Cannot wait. Yes, you're inviting me on just Absolutely. to You could tee just off. to aggravate. It's like yes. tag team wrestling. You're in, kid. Yeah. Get yeah. Get and this time, unlike the wrestling that you were brought up to believe this yes. is for real. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the show was was quite good quite funny easy to watch um obviously i didn't bring anything with me when i watched it i didn't bring any kind of like nostalgia yeah. so i've i feel listening to you guys talk and discuss it i feel like i've missed out on a huge part of this show um which is a shame i guess like um i probably won't watch the reboot because it doesn't really mean much to me but I, of course it does. You just spoke about it today. It no, but means I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed listening to you guys talk about it because you guys were so passionate and you remembered it and it meant so much. And that was great. I mean, I didn't feel like I was watching a, a girl's show or a women's show or anything. I just felt like I was watching a kid's show. And that's the important thing. It was great. Yeah. And um, as, as f I mean, we've watched some howlers on this on this yes, podcast. Yes, we have. And this was not by no means. This was a great show. Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> I don't even know why I bought that show up. <laughs> I know I I don't even know why I bought that up. Shoot. And uh yeah, I think that'd be a good place to uh bring this lovely chat to an end. Thank you so much for joining us and uh offering such wisdom and and knowledge and 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 bringing that woman to our to our pod and bringing the, the the power of the woman by the way guys that song that we have in the intro eternal power of a woman that is the song it is a great song i recommend you go and listen to it on your chosen <laughs> music streaming site it's a it's a cracking song support eternal Fantastic. they're great oh yeah gosh we're all about the past <laughs> yes yes we are yes we are but um yeah where can we where can we find you on the socials okay so if you head to youtube and just type in my stage name which is nabs pat n-a-b-z pat p-a-t pat as in pat butcher from eastenders so i will be there and i am also quite big on instagram so nabs underscore pat Awesome. We will uh, give you all a follow. And uh, like I said, thank you so much for being on. Come back soon. All right. And uh, you're, you're welcome anytime. Thank you. Uh, this has been a fun podcasting experience. In fact, this has been my first podcasting experience. So thank you very much. Really? Yes. First well, that's it. Dip your toes. It, it, it's fine. The water's great. And uh, like I said, you'd be welcome 
anytime you like. Thank you, thank you. Thank Especially you. in the month of March. <laughs> it's the only month we have been on. <laughs> yes, definitely. Right, thank you so much, Nabs, and uh, we'll speak soon. Bye-bye. We're going to bring the, the pod to an end now. So, yeah, you can follow us on the socials at Yesterday Capers on Instagram. Twitter, it's Yesterday Capers. You can follow me on Insta at Abdullah underscore Molim. Twitter, it's Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler. Like, share, subscribe. We're on wherever you get your podcast from. Drop a comment in the comment section. Let me know what you think. That's all That's all important for the uh, algorithms and what have you. And uh, yeah, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. And also, happy International Women's Day. Belated. I hope you had a brilliant day. And we're going to keep going with the uh, women's theme. So uh, keep tuned. <laughs>